Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Dr. Vic, we are, I think we're rolling now, man. So uh, appreciate you doing this. Appreciate you being here. Um, before we start diving in too far, why don't you uh, just do the usual thing, I guess, and the old, you know, why don't you tell us a bit more about yourself question and just give everyone a little brief background of what's going on about you before we start going down some different topics and avenues and all that good stuff. Love it, man. So I uh, appreciate being on here. I'm excited, man. Uh, excited to dive with you, dive in with you. Um um, for, I've, been, I've been, I've been a chiropractor for the last 12 years, uh, certified pediatric the last couple of years. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I started doing, I've been doing coaching for business and mindset coaching for the last three years. And I finally went full-time at the end of December. Uh, my wife and I moved from Chicago and we, uh, moved down to good old Tennessee and, uh, it was one of those things where it's something that we wanted to do for about four years, and we we finally committed. And with that, we committed to a whole new career. My wife used to work with me in the office and so forth, and uh, it's something that we uh, we were passionate about. We wanted to do for quite some time, and it's it's a big move for us. It's a big risk in many ways because um, you know I used to have you know I had I had a very well life and good life in Chicago. I got my family sure. there, friends there, everything's there. Uh, but there was always something not fitting right after a while. And, uh, you know, some, I always tell people, like I tell my clients, you got to follow what you believe within. And when you feel this, this thing, you just got to go after it. And so we did, and uh, we loved it and we've been loving the move. We love everything about uh, what Tennessee offers. And, uh, um, that's pretty much me. I mean, I'm an author, a podcaster, uh, speaker, all that good stuff too. You got a lot of stuff going on, man. <laughs> um, so that thing you were just talking about, you know, if you feel something within yourself and you just got to kind of move with, you talk about intuition or. It- it's a, yeah. And, it, it, and you got to get comfortable with, like I teach, I try to teach this. It's kind of hard because there's no system to it. There's no like, Hey, A, B, C, D, E, here you go. It's more like you got to, it's a trial and error, but there's, we've all had it where you've had a feeling sure. and it shows up somewhere in your body. Uh, for me, it's like right up in just underneath my heart, above my stomach. It's just a feeling I get. It's a very grounded, deep feeling. And uh, I've had it before. It's, I mean, I remember when I was living, I was looking at going what college I wanted to go to and something kept telling me farther, the better. It just kept telling me farther, the better. And I'm like, okay, so Arizona state, I mean, that's, that's three and a half hour, you know, flight. Yeah. Um, did it, loved it. And then when it came to like going to chiropractic school, I was looking at just going three hours away from Chicago rather than going on a flight. That's like two hours away to Dallas. And last minute on a weekend, my gut, it just, it was like, my stomach was like getting all in knots. And all of a sudden I'm like, 
all right, I've been avoiding this. I need to go. I just got to book a trip. Let me go see the college in Dallas. And I went that weekend. I signed up and was like, I'm going to Dallas. That's it. <laughs> um, it's the same thing, like moving back to Chicago. When I was uh, in chiropractic school, I was looking to practice in Italy. Uh, I'm, I'm a first generation. I, I, nice. I was like, so I was looking for, um, I had a connection with a doc who would take me in for a year or two as an associate. And then maybe I would open up my own practice. And like within the last, I'll never forget, it was April, uh, 2009. Um, it was, I was like, you know what? Something hit me and said, I need to go home to Chicago. Don't know why I have no reasoning. Cause I had everything all beautifully set up for me. And I was like, I just have to go to Chicago. And so once again, that feeling I, I trusted it. I met my wife, my, my grandfather passed away a year after I, a little over a year after I moved back. Uh, and then I met my wife, uh, within a couple of years. And so it, it all lined up and now that feeling came back again. And even my parents were like, you know, you sure you want to move Do You have everything going yeah. great for you. Very successful practice. You're very well known in the community. Everybody loves you. You're doing absolutely amazing. And it's like, you know what? I love being a chiropractor. The problem is my reach, my vision it was limited. Like I had a big practice, but it was one of those things where I wasn't making the impact I wanted. And that was what, that was, was important to me. And so that's why coaching was fun because I can go, I can coach chiropractors. I can coach, I coach entrepreneurs, but I coach chiropractors too. Yeah. And like when I'm coaching a chiropractor, I feel like their reach is I'm part of that now because I'm mentoring them along the way. And I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I love it. Well, at least for now. Um, I said, uh, you know, and uh, I said, I would be a chiropractor the rest of my life and we'll see what happens there. I, I do miss being in practice. I, I miss being in the office, but coaching is a lot of fun. Yeah, so yeah, it's an intuition. Long story short. It does. Good, man. Um, no, cause you know, I get those feelings sometimes too, but I'm one of these guys that, you know, I don't know if you want to call it analytical or whatever, but I got to try to weigh out the pros and cons. I just, I'm not one of those guys that get that feeling take a bold move. Let's see what happens. You know, we'll think about the consequences later. I mean, you know, is that the majority of the people type, type which you work with try to get out of their own way or what? All, all of us are stuck in our heads. We're yeah. left brain dominant analytical people. I am myself too. So, you know, it's one of those things where there are some things like when it comes to like trusting myself and putting it all on the line and knowing that if I have to depend on me, I have a hundred percent confidence. That's all I need. Uh, as long as I can keep clear, my head clear and I can keep my vision where I want it. I'm going to make it happen. I, I just, this, I just done that over time to where I have that confidence, but there's still the analytical side that comes in. There's still times it pops up now where it's like, man, you know, this is where how things could have been. And this is where you would have been now. And now you're, you're not there. And you know, I got a, I got a daughter on the way. Um, my wife's pregnant. We'll be having our first child at end of right. June. So right. that, way, that weighs on you too. Yeah, dude, it's just, you know, because I don't know if it's a lot of, you know, if you want to call it haters or just everyone around you. But, you know, when you start to go make big moves for yourself and stuff, there's always somebody else or somebody that inner person is always like, I don't know if I would do that, man. And then that gets in my head and it probably gets in other people's head, too. And then you, you know, you like for me, I mean, for example, I mean, I'm a prime example that, you know, I didn't take a chance that I should have and make that move. And just because it's somebody else told me, I, odds are it's probably not going to work out, you know, and. You know, I've heard other, you know, successful people like Travis Park, Barker, Parker, drummer for Blink-182 said like, you know, he never had a plan B in his life. He always just went for plan A. And that's just how, you know, he got to where he was. You know, you know what I'm saying, man? Well, there's, there's a lot of truth to that, though, too, because it's like, you know, they say, well, have a plan B just in case. But when you do that from from a mindset, from a manifestation, from spiritual laws, universal laws, when you add all that stuff in and energy, yeah, you're leaving the door open. And you're not putting all that energy center focused into what you want to create. And you're leaving that little door open. Cause I, I mean, I catch myself. I'd be like, I told my wife, I was like, 
when we first made this move, I mean, it was one of those things where I was like, Hey, you know what we got, we made some investments. We did really well. Sure. So I'm like, we can live off everything for like a couple of years. So I'm not even stressing it. That's what's up. But at the same token though, there have been things where you, you, uh, you, you kind of look at that and you're like, well, what happens if it doesn't work out? What happens if the momentum of where you're trying to get to doesn't happen? Well, do I go to practice? Do I go do this? What do I do then? And it's like, I keep telling them, I have to remind myself, like, stop getting into fear. Stop getting into scarcity. That's self-sabotage. That's a lack of self-worth. I'm worthy of doing what I want to do. And so, and once I shifted that mindset and said, no, 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 let me recorrect myself because I'm human too. Sure. Um, then all of a sudden it's like, boom, someone comes out of nowhere and they want to connect with me and get on a call. And next thing you know, they're a client. And all of a sudden it's like, I have this connection to a referral from over here and I'm going, damn, I just had to get out of my way. I just had yeah. to get out of my freaking way once again. So there's that, there's a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of truth to that whole plan. You probably heard this before, burn the boats, right? The whole oh, story yeah. of the army, right? They burn. That's, that's only plan A. That's it. It's either we do this or we're done. And there's a lot of power in that. You just don't want to take it to the extremes, I think, because sometimes we can take any message and blow it out. I agree. But it, the, the, the point of the message I'm trying to share is just that you want to be 100% committed to what it is you want to create. And the law of focus, wherever you put your energy to, attention flows. And wherever attention flows, manifestation grows. So if you're distracted and looking at other things, the universe is going to provide other reasons for you to look at plan B or plan C or plan D or plan E. But if you say plan A is the only thing we're going forth with, this is what I want to create for me. And you really get centered and really get hyper-focused in there, then the universe is only going to provide reasons to stick to that plan A. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. I agree. I agree with that. I've learned that. It took me a while to learn that. But, you know, if you put all your focus, your attention to something and what you put into something, I firmly believe is what you'll get back out of it. You know, and it's just I don't know if it's like you you were kind of saying there's too many distractions now. You got, you know, people around you that don't want you to succeed. You know, you got social media. You It's so easy just to get off course. And so easy. I'll just work on that later. I'll keep working. You know, I'll do it. I'll put, I keep putting it off. And then all of a sudden, six months go down the road and you haven't done shit. And you kind of wonder, what, well, how come I'm not successful? You know, and that's one thing that I've tried to shift my in these last five, five years, maybe 10 years. I've been trying to shift my mindset. It's just like, you know, hey, man, you got to put in the work. You know, you got to do you got to do the dirty work. You got to grind it out. You got to do the boring stuff to get whatever you want out of life. You know, and it's just not going to be handed to you. And and you're talking about mindset. And I think I in college, I don't know if I just I, I had a weak mindset. You know, I guess I just expected things to happen and I didn't have to work at it. And I was, I was just going to be content on whatever happened. But you know, I had to learn to shift my mindset. It sounds like that's what you did for yourself. You know, you learned to create a whole new mindset basically. Cause you know, I mean, I'm impressed with what you're saying right now. It's just kind of, you're speaking my language right now, bro. But I mean, did you not always have that mindset or did you just kind of have to learn that yourself? I had to learn it myself. I had my own limited beliefs that held me back, like self, self-worth, believing in myself, fear of failure. You know, yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot of that going, even fear of success too. Like, what happens if I get too big? What if I can't handle it? You know, things like that. Um, but there came a point in my life, and it was after chiropractic school. I've always been driven, and I always understood I always understood it here. Sure. But there's a difference between knowledge, like, and, and you can, some of them might argue knowledge, but knowledge, information versus actual, like, knowing. Now, let me just, just let me break the difference. You okay. can say you know something, but that's really, you just understand that you just have information. 
When you truly know something, you act on it. And this is how I kind of look at things. Because if I say I know something, I implement the actions to do the work because I understand. Like, for example, I'm a health nut. I've been a health nut for a very long time in my life. Started at 13 years old. It perfected as I got older. Um, and, I, you know, biohacker, you can name all the labels. I've, I've done that stuff for years. But it's one of the things where I know health because I implement it every single day. You cannot pay me to not work out, eat right, to do my meditations, my mindset work that I do. You can't pay me. Does this not, not do it? Because it's it's something inner in within me that I know I, I know what it does for me. And, yeah. it's, and nothing's going to pull me away from that. Now, I used to not, I used to understand, and I could explain and talk to you very elegantly 10, 15 years ago about the power of meditation and what it does to the brain and the research. But ask me if I meditated every single day. Nah. Maybe a couple, maybe a couple times here, a couple times there, or when I was really stressed, that's all I would do. So I always be like, I know how to meditate, but I don't, I don't, but I don't really know it in the sense of putting action involved with it. And so that's just been a terminology I've used. So sometimes when I hear people say, I know this, I'm like, well, are you acting upon what you know? No, well, you're not implementing that. You, you're just, it's just wonderful information you have in your head, but until you take it, some could say being practical or putting into the work, um, but that's kind of what I did. And I had to go through that process where I got real serious and like really hard at myself and was just like, okay, enough's enough. What do I know? And what do I need to, what do I have learned over the years? And if I truly believe in these things, then I need to start doing these things. Sure. And then I just got really strict with it. I started testing things out, like from a mindset perspective, universal laws, quantum physics, neuroscience, all this stuff that I knew over the years. And I started to apply it to my own life. And then all of a sudden, a couple of years later, I'm looking back going, holy, you know, whatever shit, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, that, yeah you can say it on it. I just was making sure. Yeah, so I'm like, I, I look back and I'm just like, how the heck did I do this? Like, I remember when I moved my office from a 780 square foot office to a 3000 square foot office. Nice. And I told my account what my rent was going to be and what it cost me. And she's like, that's not good. She goes, I would never advise you to do that. I said, don't worry about it. We're going to double this year. And she just looked at me like, I've known you for a couple of years. You do, you, you know how to run a business. She's like, but I, doubling. Okay. This is going to be interesting. And literally we we're 89% growth in sales that year. We nice. tripled our profits that year. And then we continued again to grow the business another 50% on top of that the next year. And so I looked at her and I just said, you know, again, that feeling we talked about, yeah. it was just the feeling to make that move. It was a risky move, but internally I had to do that. But, um, but it was applying these things in my head to get really like consistent with it. And now I, I've, I developed this to where it's like, yeah, I will never say the word I know unless I'm implementing it in my life. I know the information. I could back it up. If we have a conversation, I can share the science. I can get into all these things. But at the same token, I live my life with that also. So I, I, I also practice what I preach. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. I mean, one thing I heard, but you know, I don't know when I heard it, but competence builds confidence, you know, and I see it in myself. It's just like you said, when I know something, I can actually talk, you know, I don't consider myself an expert, anything, what I'm doing, but you know, maybe a CrossFit workout, maybe a few health tips here and there, I could probably help you out. But as far as anything else, I don't know, but yeah, but when I notice myself, when I start talking about something, I really know very well, I get confident about it. But when we, if I get into these weird topics, that I don't know a whole lot, probably like politics, religions, all the toughy, touchy ones. You're like, oh, who am I going to piss off here? Yeah, yeah, I notice that, you know, I kind of shrink down a little bit. It's like, well, I mean, but that's one thing that, you know, I'm always a believer of, you know, you got to, how do I want to say this, you know? may turn your weakness into a strength, you know, and like, you got to learn to be able to do that. And that's why, you know, I'm kind of like you that, um, I, I try to research, I want to know stuff and I try to, you know, even if I don't know it, I'll admit to not knowing it yet, but I can, I'll tell you that that way I don't start talking, you know, unintelligently about it. But, you know, and what you said earlier, just, you know, I didn't even know what meditation was 
back in college. You know, I always thought it was not, and I'm not trying to offend anybody, but just a hippy dippy kind of, you know, just like that's yeah. not for anybody. But, you know, there's so much benefits from it now that I'm learning. And, and uh, just talking with people like yourself, it's like, man, why didn't I like, you know, do stuff like this in early, you know, earlier in my life? Why did I have this mindset of just, oh, that's stupid. You don't need to do that. Only weird people do that, you know, but there's a lot of cool things about it. And just, and especially in today's time with the, you know, running off momentum is what I like to say is what people are doing and not sitting back and reflecting kind of on themselves. And, you know, even just taking 10, 15 minutes out of your day and just resetting the batteries, just wonders, you know, and that's one thing I've been learning over these past few years, just, Hey man, just take, take a few minutes off. You man. You just sit down, relax, you know, find some quiet time, reset the batteries, get back to neutral and go out the rest of your day. You know? No, you're, you're, you're dead on. I mean, it's one of those things where, and don't get me wrong, still to this day, when I mention meditation, people think it's like an hour, two, three hour process. Yeah. We still haven't broke that. We haven't broke that stigma yet, but it's, it's, uh, it is, you know, if you get into the world of biohacking, it is the best biohacker hacking tool that you can possibly use because it'll amplify every fabric of your life. Sure. I mean, how cool is that where you can do something just recenter, reconnect. You know, in one of my books, I talked about how I go meditation really is just building your focus muscle. Now there's no real muscle in your brain that doesn't exist, but it's just building the power of focus that you can focus on something over a period of time. And the longer you can do that, the more focus, like we said earlier, wherever attention goes, energy flows, whatever energy flows, manifestation grows. So meditation right off the bat, strengthens your focus, you can manifest things better. You can stay on point with what you want to create with your life. And now all of a sudden you're leveraging your mind to make what you want to create for yourself easier. I'm not saying easy. Some people take that out of context. I'm like, no, no, no. I never said easy. I said easier because now you're using the mind and you're using other fabrics of laws of the universe to apply, to work for you, not against you. And the way I kind of explain this is like, well, you can keep investing in something. Well, you can, you can work, trade time for money, or you can take your money and just go invest it in things and let the money work for itself. There's no right or wrong, just which one you want to choose, which one's going to be the easier path to make money. It's one of those things you think you got to learn by failure for the most part. You know, I kind of think people need to have humbling experiences in life and then they know that, okay, that didn't work. Let me find out what works for me, you know, and hey, I, okay, I may have took an L on this one. I may have lost some money like you just said on here, but now... Next time I do it, I learned. I want to find out how to make some extra money or find out what works for me as far as health or whatever. You I mean you put that right towards anything, you know? I mean, that's how I learned a lot in my life. Not just you know, I mean, yeah, getting rejected by the girl that didn't work. Okay, cool. You know, a business thing. I've done, well, not really a business thing, but stuff at work I've done. Even podcasts I've done. It's like, ooh, I want a good podcast, but learn from my mistake on that one, and you grow from it. No, totally, totally. I mean. Uh, the best, I mean, I used to be a guy who used to follow all the best personal development, self-help, you know, top yeah. entrepreneurs telling you read 80 to 120 books a year, listen to every single podcast. You got to be consuming information every single day. I was like a, a brainiac. That's how I was every day. If I was doing something, I was listening to something, I, you name it. And uh, again, coming back to knowing information, I was like, you know, great. I, had, I know all this stuff, but I'm not applying it. And then all of a sudden I said, F it all. I'm going to stop reading books. I'm only going to read whatever I'm interested in sure. at the moment when I feel like I want to. I'm only going to listen to a podcast or a video when I'm in. Not like I'm like in the mood. It's just there's that like, oh, you know, what? I need to learn how to do this better. What podcast is out there? What's out there that I can tap into, right? And, and really uh, digest it as much as I could possibly can. And what happened was, is I'm reading, I read maybe 15 to 20 books a year now. Nice. But those books I read become part of my life. 
quality. Like it's implemented into my life now. And now I've used the information to apply it in some way, shape or form. And uh, the wisdom and the knowledge and all that stuff that I've gotten when I let the universe guide me a little bit, when I trust the universe and then I'm like, you know what? It's going to bring situations to me, circumstances to me or people to me that I need to learn. I need to grow. I need to evolve. And it's funny when you just stay present, it just comes. It's like, here you go. This is what you need to learn now. And you're like, oh, shit. That is okay. Man, wow, it's huge. Yeah. And you read the book and you're like, oh, my God, the book came to me. Or it could be sometimes on my podcast where I'll have a guest come on and I'm like, this is the perfect guest I needed to talk to. Yeah. Like, holy cow. So it's, it's amazing when you when you kind of do that. Do you think it's a false narrative, you know, with entrepreneurship and people talking about, you know, you need only need four hours of sleep or whatever, because you got to be out there grinding right now. And that's the only way you're going to get ahead, you know, because, yeah, even though, you know, you're up, you know, 20 hours a day, but how much quality work are you actually getting done? You know, man, you're you're, you're going to this is my soapbox because it's one of those things where I get so annoyed. You know, my background's in health. I'm a chiropractor, you know, and all these sure. things. And um, you, you hear people, Arnold Schwarzenegger sleep less, you know, he'll tell you yeah. sleep less I've yeah, heard him, yeah, yeah. I heard him in videos, right. Or, you know, the less you sleep, the more you're going to be, I'll beat your competition. Eric Thomas. Well, I love Eric Thomas. So I'm not bashing him uh, in this way, but he'll talk about it too. Like you got to yeah. out, outwork your competition. Rock and it's do. like the, yeah, it's, it, it's so yeah. many people talk about this and it's like the worst advice ever. Now I'm going to speak from my knowledge of understanding how the brain works and all my research and peak performance of the brain. And it goes against every law of neurology. It goes every against every study that's been done when it comes to peak performance of the brain. Sure. You're not, you, you, you perform better at rest. We need sure. to rest I more and work more. I agree. hundred you know, percent. And it drives me nuts. Cause this is why, this is what got me in the coaching because after a while of listening to so much stuff, I was like, they're, they're, they're giving wrong information. And I'm not saying it's not good information. What I mean by wrong is like, I look at things from a spiritual perspective. I look at things from a universal law perspective. And I look at it from the law of neurology and quantum physics. And I look at all these things and I'm going, this doesn't add up. Like, who says that you have to outbeat your competition? If you believe that, then you have to. But if you don't believe that and you believe it could be something else, guess what? It's that that's going to be true for you, too. You know, uh, who is it? Um, Ah, I'm going blank. Henry Ford. Uh, if you think you're right or if you think you're not, you're, you're gonna you're right anyhow or something like that. Or if you think you can, if you think you can't, you're right. And it's <laughs> it, and it's one of those things where it, it, it comes down to that you know beliefs play. You know how you see your life. This is what we're starting to understand now is that uh, and quantum physics has really supported this. Is that whatever you believe your life should be and how it should be, if you really 100% believe that, that's going to be your reality. That's going to be your experience. And so I was like, I need to start teaching people this because people need to understand how beliefs work. People need to understand, um, just I'll share the study, the, the quantum uh, physics study of the observer effect. I don't know if you've ever heard of it before, uh. but it was a study that was done. Uh, and basically what they were doing is they wanted to see if light was actually a wave or a particle. Okay. Now, for those who may not know what the difference of what that means, wave is invisible, which is infinite potential. It's un unlimited uh, possibilities. Particle, it, it materializes into the physical form, which becomes now a concrete specific path, right? So here's a scientist. He's not looking. It's in a wave format. The, 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 the machine's picking up on that. All of a sudden, he goes to look. Boom, turns into a particle. He looks away, slowly fades back to a wave format. Boom, looks again, goes right back to a particle. And they did that a gazillion times. And it was the same thing. 
They've done this with electron spin, the, the spin on the electron. So when they're not looking, it's like a big, taking back its chemistry with the, the electron cloud, which means the electrons are spinning so fast, it looks like a cloud. Yeah. And all of a sudden they'll say, let me see if the electron's spinning to the right. They go look, it spins to the right. They look away, it goes back to the cloud format. They go back and relook again at electron, says it's spinning to the left. They go look, it spins to the left. And they did that a gazillion times and it was the same output. So what that all means is that we actually control our physical reality. We, how we see it, how we look at it, the way we project it, the law of focus and all these things come into play is how we're going to experience it. That's why I could say, if you think that the path is going to be like this, well, then it's going to be that way for you. If you think the path is going to be this way, well, then the path is going to be that way for you. And you can literally create however path you want to create. And this is the coolest thing. And this is what sages and mystics have been saying for 5,000 years. This is not something new. It's just, we've gotten so left brain, analytical, scientific. They bashed the hell out of the spiritual world or spiritual individuals or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, now we're coming back looking, going, shit, they had it right all along. They've been dead on for 5,000 years that you create your mind. And, you know, Bob Proctor says, what you see in your mind's eye, you're going to hold in your hand. I mean, these are all same principles. They all align the same way. I like that, man. I'm sort of racking my brain with it right now. Is that, so universal law, is this, and, you know, what you're saying is like kind of like what you're saying is what you believe is probably what you'll get, not what, what you actually want or. What, yeah, exactly. I mean, because here's the thing, your beliefs, your whole world and how you see things is controlled by 95% of it's controlled by your subconscious mind. Now, if you go look and see what, what actually makes up your subconscious mind, it's most of the time beliefs. Now, they are learned beliefs. Some people will argue this in, in the belief world because for me, what my research shows me is there's beliefs when you believe something's going to be like this, and then all of a sudden your whole world shifts. And then there is acquired beliefs, which the brain and the ego play a role and go, well, I, I'm, I'm, not good at, I'm not good at playing, let's say, uh, I'm not good at art. I mean, I'll just right. say for myself, right? Yeah, I, I agree. Well, yeah. why, well, how do I know I'm not good at art? Well, shoot, every time I draw, it's horrible. Every time I try to do something, I can't even I can't even put, you know, two lines to make it look pretty or anything like that. So that's an acquired belief. That's not true. But since I state it is and I say I'm not good at art, my experience will always be like that until I change that belief and I believe in something different. And so I've tested this out in so many different ways when it comes to learning something. Uh, you know, I'd be like, oh, I'm not good at this. And then I'd be like, hold on, hold on, hold up. I can be good at this if I want. You know, see how I have a different belief now to things. Sure. So now I'll catch myself and say, no, no, if I want to do this, I'm going to do this. Or, you know, in business, you know, so there's some things I'm not good at. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to learn. I'm not, not that I'm not good at it. I just, I'm going to, I haven't put the energy into it yet. Because my belief is I can be good at anything I want to be as long as I put the energy and time into it. And so I had to learn that over the years before I just be like, well, I'm not good at this and I'm good at this. And that's just what it is. Now it's more like, well, what do I want to uh, be what do I want to experience and I'm going to make it happen. I just got to put the time and energy into it. Yeah. You know, I was talking with somebody on here that, uh, actually was working with a mindset coach and, you know, just by saying that I forgot how he put it, but for the most part saying like, you know, Hey, I want to pick up 225 pounds or whatever, since we're both health guys or whatever. But, uh, if you keep saying like, well, I'm trying to pick up 225 pounds, I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to it's like, well, listen to what you're saying. You're saying you're trying to do it. You say, you got to change the way what you're saying out loud to, uh, I guess the universe, you got to actually say, Hey, I'm going to go do that. You know, I'm going to go pick it up one day. And it may not be today. It may not be tomorrow, but you, if you keep saying you're trying, that just says, Hey, you, you're, you're setting yourself up 
for failure for a certain way, you know, and, and it, your body and your brain hears it, you know, that you're just saying that and that's it reacts to it. And I was actually at a conference or it was, um, yeah, it was probably a rec uh, recreation conference and the keynote speaker did this thing with the, uh, somebody from the group. And this was kind of cool. I don't know if it was, I kind of wondered if it was, you know, staged or whatever, but it may not have been, but he called somebody up, you know, and, uh, front of the stage and he held up his arm. He said, I want you to hold out your arm. And he says, all right. You know, he like tapped on. He's like, okay, you can, you can resist me. That's pretty good. And then he goes, I want you to say I'm weak five times or whatever. So the guy was like, I'm weak. I'm weak. I'm weak. And then the guy just went like that to it and put his arm down. He said, see, and it was his whole point. And I was like, wonder if, you know, is that stage or that just kind of makes sense. But, but I, even in my lifts and my workouts and stuff, I do it to, you know, if you talk negative about myself, like I'm just setting myself up and and I end up performing badly. I noticed, but you know, it's like Mike Tyson. He would go in there before his uh, fights and he would walk up to the ring saying like, I'm a God, you know, and that's when he knew he was about to take over. So I was just like, yeah, man, mindset's so everything. And it just blows my mind is how I never knew that for all these years. And these last few years, I'm just figuring this stuff out. But you've been exposed, right? Think about all the exposure, all the little nuggets that were there. Yeah. And now when you look back, you're like, oh, crap, there they are. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, you know, there's a technique in chiropractic we learn called applied kinesiology and it's muscle testing. You use muscle testing to find where you got to make an adjustment, but you can use that in so many different things because the body is a tool. And when you are holding yourself to higher vibrations, closer to truth or whatever you want to call it, the, the body will fire electricity better. And when it does that, the muscle will hold to be strong. Mm -hmm. I used to teach this with energy healing because a lot of times, even in chiropractic school, I was there like, go be an energy healer. What the heck are you doing being a, trying to be a chiropractor? And I'm like, Y'all just don't know what the heck I, what energy is. I'm like, it's all part of what we do. But I used to speak in front of like 100, 150 people sure. and I would teach the power of words and I would show the power of emotions and how that plays a massive role on our health. And I could use muscle testing. I would do it in a way where everyone in the room would tell the person in front who I'm holding, who's with me, do the muscle testing to say, uh, we had signals. So one meant, you know, share the love and they would, and he'd be strong as heck. Then I do number two, which means they're all going to say, I hate the person. Like they, they're going to think of someone they can't stand. Sure. And then all of a sudden they go ahead and person gets weak. And then I would say, this is how I want to show how powerful love is. I would pick one person out and I want to, I'll be like, you know, think of somebody that is the person that you the love the most. It's a mother, it's a daughter, it's a child, whatever. I want you to see that person in your mind's eye and you're going to hold it. When I show my three fingers up like this, that's your cue. Cause everyone else is going to say, I, I, I hate the person and all this stuff again. And it'll be cool because what happened is the arm will slowly, it'll get weak at first. And then all of a sudden it'll just strengthen and strengthen and get stronger and stronger. Uh. And, and it's really, really cool stuff. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it, there's so much out there. I mean, but the mindset, I mean, look at Muhammad Ali. You want to talk about boxing, right? Sure. He used to tell people how he was the greatest before exactly. he was not even the greatest. Exactly. And I mean, I, 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 he's someone I, I love talking about mindset about because it's like, he was the epiphany of understanding how to communicate with myself, how to keep programming myself. And whether people believe me or they don't, I don't give a crap. I'm still going to go up and show up and do what I do. You know, people like that, you know, I just might be switching gears a little bit, you know, like Muhammad Ali, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady. I mean, people like that have their own regiments. And I, you know, some people might call it, you know, I don't want to say psychotic, but you know, you had this mindset of just where, you know, they want to be great no matter what they're doing. And, you know, if you beat them at any, you know, like what was it? I think Michael Jordan lost in a pool game or something. And he ended up playing all night until he finally won. And then even in the last dance, he would get pissed off at in that documentary about people beating him in quarters or whatever. But, and that's what made him great. And, uh, you know, I guess Ali was the same way almost that, you know, he hated to lose no matter what game it was or whatever, but it was just, 
you know, always talking strong about himself and just knowing like his capabilities and knowing that, you know, he is, you know, not bigger than, I don't know if I should say bigger than life, but just, you know, knowing that just, Hey, I got a strong mind compared to these weak minded people out there. And that's why you're, you might be failing. I'm not trying to shit on anybody, but you know, if you constantly tell yourself, well, I guess I'll just go back to my crummy job and, you know, go reward myself with a burger when I get home and stuff. But, you know, if you get in this whole, I guess this is my point is the whole strength changing mindset that it can just do wonders in daily life, no matter what, you know? No, hundred percent. I mean, one of the things you brought up earlier too, is like the whole try thing. I mean, trying, you know, the brain it's, it's, it's all or none. I mean, that's how your nervous system works. It's called action potential. And so in action potentials, it's it, you can have a 99%. This is what we call threshold. And so the, the firing can come all the way up to right there. 99%. It's not going to fire. It has to be 100% cross over that threshold and then we'll get a reaction or nothing at all. So that's how life is. And so when it comes to like, you know, I mean, Michael Jordan, I could talk about all day from Chicago. He is somebody. I was say, that's a- uh, he's my number one. All I mean, just the, 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 the mindset he had, because if you look at Michael Jordan, this is what this is why I got in the mindset and I got it in an early age, because if you look at Michael Jordan, he wasn't the most talented. I must that boy had a one hell of vertical. But when you look at strength, speed and talent, size, all that, he wasn't up there. LeBron James blows him out of the water when sure. it comes to that. But when you look at then how he adapted from a growth mindset, adapted to the game to create something called a fadeaway. Which you know, you when I watch when you watch him, it's it's effortless. Exactly. Like, I mean, sometimes he would jump up and like his feet are just about to hit the ground. And he releases, and it wasn't like he struggled, and he would make the shot like nothing. Mm-hmm. And I always be like, how the hell does he do this? Yeah. Like he does this in and out, and it's like, is he a god? Is he this? And then <laughs> I started to look at mindset, and I was just like, that explains it. If he misses a shot, he goes back and shoots it a hundred times minimum to get that uh-huh. perfected. Right. Tiger Woods did the same thing. Yeah. I don't know what Tom Brady's regimen and if he messes up or something, but, uh, but these are, you know, you look at these, these guys, these legends, and there is the one thing that just, you I mean, Tom Brady, he's not the most athletic. No. Another example. He is not like, he's a scrawny guy. You know, I mean, you know, he's, he's developed over the time, but you know, when he first came into the profession, you know, NFL, yeah. he was a scrawny guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember people used to mock him like this guy, how's he going to be somebody good? And, but it's, again, it's that mindset that will take you over the edge every single time. And I've done this. I've tested these things out for myself and it's helped me overcome things that I could never, I'm blown away what has, has shown up, um, humbled by it very much. And it's one of those things where um, we can do this in so much way. And we're just starting understanding the science of it all right now, like how much the mind can actually manipulate matter, how much it can really change and alter things to senses to where it's like, we, you think it would be like a, a, a video game or something or... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Uh, I mean, we're talking some bizarre stuff, yeah. but it's, again, the mindset, when you have it all right, everything will work out for you. It. It's just amazing. Do you think society just puts that down that you know kind of what we were talking about a little bit earlier they don't want the majority of people thinking like this just because it's not is it linear thinking i hope that's the right word i'm saying does they want people just to be like not progressively thinking how to better themselves or anything to say just you know here's life you know go to work put your 30 years in retire do whatever you want to go drink margaritas on the beach you know so in my third book called decoding the matrix i talk about the nice. matrix and the matrix is what you're explaining the matrix is not some evil thing, though. Uh, it's just the average human collective consciousness of humans. So if you take all the thoughts, all the emotions and the vibrations of what makes up every single human, that's the matrix. And But the problem with it is, is that what you just shared is the most common experience humans go through, sure. right? And this is by design. This is not by a fault. 1930, educa- our education system today was stemmed back from the 1930s from the Industrial Revolution of how to teach people to be respect the authority and become worker bees. Yeah, that's what we needed in the work fields. And so our education system is still the same. It hasn't changed. And we're creating more. We're we're trying to create more worker bees. We're seeing a rebellion of that, though, because now people are like, I don't want to do that. And I think the the millennials and the Gen Z's are going to be coming out and saying, you know, what? I don't care about making money anymore. I'll make 50,000 a year, 40,000 a year, but I'll live within my means and and do what I want to do. I think there's a movement of that. There's talks about that I keep hearing about where we're going to see people just going to do what they want to do rather than go strive for and be distracted by have the glamorous house and the sweet cars. Not saying there's anything wrong with that. Um, But I think we're coming to a place, at least I'm starting to see the shift of this. And and maybe that's because I live my life this way where it's like, I don't care about anything except what I like to have. I don't care oh, this is the nicest house. You should have this car. You should have this. You should, I, I really don't care. Yeah. I'm a truck guy. I like trucks. I won't spend money on a car. They're a waste of money, in my opinion. But I don't mind having a sweet, a sweet truck. I'll have a fully loaded truck. I have. I don't care how much money I put into it because I value trucks. I agree. Does that kind of make sense? It's like it a house. Sense. I, you like, know, same thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, just because what I wanted while you were talking, while I was thinking is I work in higher education. So, and, you know, we're seeing... Younger, we're not younger. We're seeing trends that, 
you know, enrollment's going down and certain higher education systems, just because more people are either going to trade schools or actually just kind of do what you said. They're actually, hey, I don't, you know, I don't need to go on this path in order to be successful in life. And that was what was kind of ingrained on me that, hey, you know, go to school, the higher, the more school you get, the more successful you'll be in life. And you don't have to be a worker being and punch a clock every day. And, you know, then you put in your, like I said, 30 years, you retire and then you go out and do whatever. But it's like, well, you're old then. I mean, come on, man. But so it seems like now with, you know, you know, this is, I guess, if you want to say land of opportunity, people can do whatever they want to do. It's just, you know, connecting with the right people, learning what you want to learn, getting the research and just, you know, grinding it out, putting out, putting your 10,000 hours into whatever craft you want it to be. You can be successful in your own way. And then, you know, and I agree with you 100 percent that, you know, I like nice things, but just because, you know, someone told me once you're not successful unless you can buy a Rolex or something. I was like, well, I don't know if that's true. You know, I mean, that's cool and all, you know, but you know, it's like you. I'd rather have just like an old muscle car. You know, I mean, that's what like, like you know, give me something like that. Give me an old Corvette. You know, and just, but yeah, just uh, yeah. The narrative's changing now that success doesn't mean you have to go to school and do all. And I'm not shitting on higher education by any means, but if that's your route and that's what you want to go, you know, go do it. But if you want to do your own thing in life and follow your dream, go after it, man. You know, I mean, get after it. You know, that's one thing in high school. I felt like, you know, we were always told what to think and not how to think, you know? And it was kind of like, you know, if you thought anything outside the the realm of not going to college and you were just automatically set up for failure and it was like, mm, that's not right. That's, I don't think that's right. Just think of it this way. You got, if you look at the most successful people in the world, how many of them went to college? Uh, like what, graduated. Not many of them, right? Like, yeah. If you it's think about and, and the other thing is too, is I went to the highest education you could possibly go to. And I, I always, I, my wife and I talk about this when we have when we have our kids and, you know, what do we want to do? And I said, listen, unless they want to be an engineer, a lawyer, a doctor where you have to go to school for sure, that. Sure. They're not going. I, I go. I they can pick up classes if they want, but they're it's on their own dime. I'm like, I rather have them get connected with a friend and be like, hey, you want to learn? You want to you want to have your own business? And you're, you're they're going to know it beforehand because I'm going to enforce like knowing how to handle finances and yeah. how to manage your money and how to invest because. Yeah, the American school system, we, we teach that very well. I think there's only four states. Um, and I think Florida just became one of the first to where they can't, they have to take a, a certain class with financing before they graduate high school now. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, I don't want to shit on education, but it was just so wild to me that just that, you know, we're almost setting up. We are setting or not we, I'm not doing it, but, you know, I was very fortunate. I didn't come out of school with a huge amount of loans, obviously. And I went up for my master's degree and stuff, but you know, now, you know, I got it in sports management and I'm now I'm not even using it with my work now, but it was just, you know, some people were worse off than that. You were setting up for speaking of failures. They come out with six figures in loans, you know, and just like at 20 some years old. And it's like, how, what, you know, just having that over your head, like what the hell am I going to do? But, you know, I agree. It's like you said, yeah, if you want to be an engineer, lawyer, doctor, go after it and stuff. But yeah, there's so many more outlets in life that, you know, I wish I would have sat back and, looked at more before, you know, just saying, nah, this is probably good enough for me right now. And this started exploring different ways, you know, because you know, talking about growth and mindset, you know, I'm not the same person I was five years ago, I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago. And, you know, and I, you know, some opportunities, I, you know, I shit on and fucked up and just wish I would have never did that, you know, but uh, that's what you get. You learn from it. And you're like, Hey, the next time I won't do that kind of what I was talking about earlier in a podcast, but yes, yeah, I don't know if it's just me or what, but it seems like some of these, those easy steps just kind of go out 
are not in, implemented as much as they, I feel like they should be, or maybe just uh, I'm not not have been aware of it as much, or just been having cool conversations with people like you, you know, who actually, you know, what is it? The five people you hang around the most is you're probably the average of them, and maybe I was hanging out the wrong crowd. I don't know. Yeah, the law of association, and, and sometimes I, I I agree with it. And I don't because it's like, you know, it's it's more like it, 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 you know, like my co- my former coach, one of them, it was like he's like he goes, that's a bunch of bullshit. I was like, why is that? He goes, because the most people I hang out with is my wife. And my three kids. So does that make me them? And I was like, all right, let's let's redefine it then. It's just what you consume and what you give your energy to, what you trust and what you listen to and what you let into your mind. I go, I think that's where it comes down to because if you think about it, the five closest people to you, you value their opinions. Sure. You value what they share with you. And if you have somebody who's not great with money and you're listening to their opinions, well, you're going to start to have the same experiences as what they have. Sure. Or, you know, if, if you if you're the only person out of the group who's growth mindset, challenging yourself and wanting to thrive and the rest of them are all living comfort, it's going to be a hard battle for you to, to continue that path because you have people who are just doing comfort and you're seeing that you're seeing their thoughts, you're seeing their emotions, and that can potentially hold try to hold you into that ground. Yeah, no, I agree, dude. Just. uh yeah, it's just hard to get. I guess when you develop those certain relationships, relationships, it's hard to get out of those ones. So just because, you know, just people don't want to feel. I guess most people want to feel light. They don't want to be hated, and you know, it's probably they're afraid of change for the most part. That's what a big part of it is, especially in I would say today's times that you know they don't want to be considered the uncool guy and the outcast. And but sometimes I feel like you have to go on these adventures alone by yourself, and that's one thing I've learned. And that, you know, it's okay to go alone for part of the way, you know, and it's okay to you know you learn about yourself and you figure out what is you know Chris like, what is Doctor Vic like, you know, and you that's what that's a cool thing. It's like you think you know yourself, but you really don't. And that was one of my experiences in you know life, you know, it's just or especially these last few years, I guess, you know, when you know, we got put in quarantine or however it was for you, it's just life came to a halt and you actually gotta like come what we were saying earlier. You get to sit back and let me reflect on a couple of things here. You know, how how has life been going for me? And that's the beauty of what the pandemic brought. Like I remember when it came and again, everything's perspective. I knew when it was when it was coming <clears throat> about a couple of months before it actually hit the United States, and I was like, you know, I was telling my clients, coaching clients at the time, I'm like, this is going to be a beautiful thing. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, hold on. No judgment here. I was like, this is going to be a time where we can massively grow and expand in so many ways. And I go, because anytime a pandemic comes, anytime these things evolve, um, it puts us in a state of unknown, but unknown is where our growth is. Yeah. Unknown is what lets us thrive. So just me knowing that part, I knew this was going to bring massive growth, but you had to step into that because what people were trying to do is find a comfort level. And then once they got that comfort level, they went back to their old patterns three, four months into the pandemic. Um, But it's one of those things where uh, you you take that time to really, you know, ask those deeper questions. And imagine if we did that on a routine basis, right? Imagine if we continually try to ask the deeper questions and, and really, really just see what matters. What do I like? What matters to me? Like, I remember that, you know, it's lonely at the top. And so it's one of those things. I remember, I forgot who it's the, uh, he's a leadership guy. He's got so many books. I've read so many of them. I'm surprised I can't remember his name, but long story short, um, he, he's, um, he, you know, he has one of those books. It's only at the top. And it's one of those things where sometimes, and it was okay for me where I went down to like one or two friends. And I was just like, because I really wanted to have, I started looking at my relationships and I was like, I want real relationships. I want to have these men in my life and I want it to be a real authentic relationship. I don't want it to be this. Can't talk about our emotions. We can't get this or that share our weaknesses. I was like, and if I have to let go of 
20, 30 year relationships, I'm okay with that. Because again, what matters to me is having real relationships because I felt like I was robbing my life if I didn't have that. So it's, it's getting uncomfortable and it's also knowing what you want. It's kind of like running a business, but it's at the same token, it's declaring and saying, this is, I'm worthy of this. And it was funny. Some of my relationships got rocky for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, these people I've had long, long relationships with, they started to turn around. Like they started opening up out of their own. And I was just sitting there going, holy shit, this is cool. Or I have some, I created some old friends came back into my life. And there's like a real relationship where we talk about real things. We, t- we connect every 90 days. We don't live near each other, but we'll connect every 90 days and have a call. How's life? What are we up to? We'll talk for 20, 30 minutes. And then it's like, Hey man, love you, bless you. And uh, look forward to uh, reconnecting again soon. If you need anything, how can I help you? How can I support you? Like we're really there for each other. And I was like, this is what I wanted all my life. But what the only difference was, is it wasn't because I was lucky or something shifted. I had to declare that. Like I had to be enough with the bullshit, I had to be enough with that. And this happens in any area of life, relationships, business, money, all these things, because we're in relationships with everything. And you just got to get so crystal clear and know what you want, but you can't know what you want unless you ask the questions, right? Dr. John, Dr. John D. Martini was on The Secret. He's a chiropractor. He said, you know, the quality of your life, the quality of your life is determined by the quality of the questions you ask. And so the better the questions we ask ourselves, the better that we're going to be able to dive deeper because questions help us go inward. You don't ask questions in a room. I'm in my office right now. And if I ask a question, there's no one here to respond except me, right? So if I ask the question, I have to go inward. And the better that question is, or the deeper that question is, the deeper you're going to go in and you're going to pull this beautiful stuff that already exists inside you. Do you think it's tough for people to be vulnerable like that? We're not taught to be vulnerability, especially for men. Vulnerability is a weakness. That's what I was getting. Yeah, that's exactly what I was taught, man. That's how we're taught. That's how we're trained. And it, you know what? It, 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 it's, it's the most powerful thing that can transform relationships. Yeah. I had to learn how to be vulnerable with my wife to let my guard down on every aspect and to let go and surrender to her and trust her and, and see us together and not be the alpha male to just literally just let that go. And once I started to do that, the, the dream marriage of what I wanted became a reality. Like, and some people say, oh, you just, you guys are just, you guys are the cutest. You were meant for each other. That's why it works. And I'm like, bullshit. We went through a lot of work to get to where we got to. We did the work together. And I know on my part, it it, it was getting vulnerable. Now I'm not going to say, oh, I'm the most perfect vulnerable person in the world. Hell no. My wife will tell you I'm not. It's because I'm, I still have old programming. It still comes up from time to time. You know, I'm human. I'm, I'm, I, I have my own issues too that I work through, but it's, it's, I'm catching them faster. I'm getting better at going, ah, shit, here we go. This is from back when I was, tra- I remember, here's that old, you know, daddy thing that I learned. I took on from my dad or I learned from our, my Italian culture. And I'm like, all right, let me, uh, let me just reset for a second. What would Vic want? How would Vic would respond? And what do I want to see come out of this? Right. Simple questions like that. Damn, my mind shifts. All of a sudden I look at it from a different perspective and go, 
I didn't like the way I responded there. Here's how I want to respond. Now I got to go tell my wife, I'm sorry. I need to apologize. I need to express to her where I came from, you know, and, and, and just, just open up and just be real. And it's amazing how it, 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 it just works. It works not only in, in that relationship, but uh, other things too, like my friends relationships, my relationship with my parents, you know, even though sometimes my dad, I'll tell him things and he, I could tell he can't handle those emotions because he comes, he's, he comes from the old school. Um, which I love him dearly, you know, and it's one of those things, but I laugh now about it. Cause I'll see him and I'll be like, I know dad, like my dad's never really said, he said it a few times, but like, I love you. He's never said he was proud of me, but he said I, only a couple of times. And it was like more of a jokative thing, not like a serious. And, you know, sometimes my wife's like, you still want that, that him to say that? I'm like, I know he loves me. He doesn't have to say it. He's old school, but I go, but I know when I'm getting emotional with him, like just sharing emotions and stuff, not crying or anything, but just getting emotional. I can see how he gets uncomfortable. And I just start laughing inside. Cause I'm like, man, this is so funny. Yeah, man. Just, you know, I was taught the same way that it was just kind of, you know, I don't know if it was part of, you know, the eighties masculine movie action movies and all those ones. And the people I kind of had the role models I was looking up to, but you know, it was like, Hey, don't cry. You know, don't ever cry. You know, don't, yeah. you don't need to talk about your feelings, dude. And it was just like, well, I mean, Part of me when I was little, it's like, well, I mean, I don't understand why I can't, but okay. But, you know, and, you know, I had a stepdad growing up, but my real father wasn't really in a picture much, but, you know, and I never understood what he really thought about it, I guess. But, uh, but, you know, about, I guess ultimately my parents are like, no, you're, you're showing weakness. You know, that's not cool. Don't do that. But now, now it's like, you know, even today I had a vulnerable moment. It was, it was kind of weird that, you know, cause I've been allowing myself like to kind of take little steps and say, all right. You know, let's open up a little bit more here. And you don't have to go full blown. I'm not saying that, but you know, I was listening to a podcast today, and these two guys were talking about their daughters and how they're away from them the whole time. And they almost they were they started crying on the podcast, you know. And I went like this in my office, and I was like, what, "Man, well, they're making me. Cry. I don't even have kids, you know." And and so I was, even I was like, you know, and it was kind of like you that afterwards, I was like, you know, that was okay, you know, and I didn't have to try to hide that, you know, that was okay to actually, you know, I guess empathize with them, and and no, and that's. You know, I don't have to break down balling completely in the floor, but yeah, but it was uh, kind of tearing up right now because I remember what they were saying, like, because the guy was asking them, you know, being away from your kids so much while you're on, uh, it was a couple comedians talking while you're away. I mean, does that impact their lives and stuff? And he's like, how does it work? And he's like, it doesn't get any better, dude. And then, you know, they, yeah. oh yeah. And I was like, fuck, and it got me, man. And, and oh, especially when, especially when you start to have, you're going to have kids, like there's stuff that gets to me now and I'll look and I'll, my wife will just look at me and I'll get a little teary eyed and she's like, this is so interesting of you. And I'm just like, honey, this daughter of ours is going to make me a mush in more ways than I can ever imagine. I have no idea how I'm going to be. I go, just be ready. And she just, she laughs because she'd be like, you, it's funny how you cry. Cause I like movies make me cry for the littlest thing. And I've always been that way. But mm -hmm. I, as I got older, I'm just like, eh, that was emotional. It caught me. I can relate or I can connect. I could see where they're coming from. And I, I, I just, Hey, I'm, I, I have no problem with that. But my, my wife looks at that and she just goes, that, that's a cute feature of you. See what I mean? Like being vulnerable. She sees that as being cute. Like that's a positive in her books. Yeah. And so it's one of those things where, but yeah, it's one of the, you know, even, you know, it's one of those, it's just, it's, it's, it, you're becoming more. And what's happening in the men now is we're becoming more whole. Some people say we're getting more feminine. Some say we're getting more masculine or whatever. I, I don't get into that because label, those labels still divide us. Oh yeah. I, I like, we're just becoming more whole. We're be, and what whole means is you're be, men and women too are doing this. We're becoming more complete humans. We experience both sides of the polarity now. We're, 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 we're coming full circle with that. And you're seeing it more with men. Um, 
and I, at least I am, I, you know, I'm seeing it more and more coming up. There's a lot more men's group, men's support and men just needing to, you know, just let go and release. And uh, I love seeing it because I think we, as men, that is something we really need. And, it, and we're the ones that, um, you know, from in my training as a pediatric chiropractor and prenatal and all the stuff that I've done, one of my mentors in pregnancy, because women it, it is the most fear-based conditioning, you know, stuff. And I won't get into all that, but long story short, my mentor was like, in order for um, home uh, birthing in general to change, the men need to protect the cave again. They need to step up and protect. And it's just like, you look at it, men have, not only have we gotten, we've, I think at some point we've lost our masculinity in some ways. Um, and that's not to be Mr. I want to take you out or I'm going to beat you up kind of thing. That's not the masculinity I'm talking about. Um, but it's, it, there's like deeper truth. Like we, there's no rites of passage. Men don't go in America here. We do not go through a rite of passage. I don't know if, I don't know if you did, Chris, I know I didn't. Um, my business was my rite of passage. Yeah. Um, but like in different tribes, like in South Africa, they take them through and teach them, okay, just, we're taking this, we're taking the boy with us. He's going to go yeah. learn how to kill a lion. No training on how to kill a lion. He's yeah. going to go kill a lion today. You know, stuff like that. But it's it's one of those things where coming back, we're shifting to become more whole. And, it, and it's a beautiful process from what I'm seeing. Do you think, you know, because I've seen, I've not seen it personally, but, you know, just podcasts and research and just little things I picked up that, you know, like you said, that some guys are starting to be more feminine. You know, obviously there's a lot of gender issues in the world today and all this, but is that, do you think a lot of it's because of, you know, mental health and that, you know, what social media is playing on it too? Because, you know, there's so much more mental health that seems to be, uh, and I don't know, what's word am I looking for? Rising today, I guess. That's because, you know, I forgot who wrote it, The Coddling of the American Mind. And basically the premise of the whole book is talking about how the impact of, uh, social media is just killing uh, teenage women or girls just because, you know, having to live up to the standards, having to you know live up to their parents' standards and like, oh, I, you know, get cyberbullying in there too. And just how like, you know, because they're on it all day and they're trying to get those little dopamine hits from likes and then, you know, get the cyberbullying if they got made fun of at school and all that. And, you know, and now I guess, I guess that's where I'm at is just that, you know, there's a lot of it just mental health and we don't really know. When I say we, I guess guys don't really know how to be a guy or maybe that's what it is bringing us because so we're all coming back to full circle and we're le- realizing hey we don't have to live up to certain standards sometimes my point's not really making sense here because i'm trying to think about it and talk about it at the same time but it's kind of why i like doing this so i was just like because i don't really know what i'm going to say next but i guess my whole point is that we're coming full circle around it saying hey i guess ultimately like i can be who i want to be even though if it's not going to be the person that makes everybody happy you know that's if they, eventually i think we're going to get there okay. I, I think there will always be that chase because when you look at social media, social media is just a dopamine kick. I mean, it's literally sure. the algorithm is designed for that. Sure. And, and in neurology, there's three laws to the body. And, 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 and one of them, you, everybody knows pretty much, you know, what you don't use, you lose, right? Yeah. That's one law. Well, there's another law. It's the opposite of that. What you abuse, you lose. Right. And you see this with like diabetes or your, you know, or stuff like that. But here, that law though, the more you keep firing that dopamine response, the higher you're going to have to go. It's just a drug, just like any drug. You take a drug once, holy cow. By the time you've done it 50, 100 times, it's not going to have the same response anymore. You got to raise the bar to get the same highs because that's going to, you're, 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 you're abusing this dopamine response system. Social media, Facebook will do all that. And when you start to mess up with this dopamine response system, mental health is going to start going down. Mm. Right now, when you add in 
you, there's so many factors to this though. Nutrition and our food is not real food. Um, you look at how we move and how, you know, a hundred years ago, physical aid, you didn't have to go have a gym membership. Yeah. You just did physical labor all day. Exactly. They, they walk 10, 12, 14, 15 miles a day. That's mm-hmm. all you need. But in today's society, we don't do that. So that's a whole nother play. So what it is, is it, I, I can't say it's like one thing because there's so many layers of it coming from so many angles, you know, even from a chiropractic standpoint, our neurology, our nervous system, we are, chiropractors will say, and I say this from neurological chiropractors, is that we we say we're de-evolving as a species from a neurological perspective. When you look at it from a nervous system perspective, do you think men of today are as resilient as men 50 years ago? Mm, As resilient. As re- uh, you think we're more resilient now than the oh, men of 50 years ago, or uh, are we less? We're less resilient now. Okay. Look at sports. I love, I'm a big baseball guy. I played for 25 years. Pitch counts. My dad always, he watched baseball and he goes, I don't get these guys. They get them to 90, hundred pitches and they take them out. He's like, I don't get it. He goes back in my day. <laughs> it was like 150, 175. Yeah. I remember Nolan Ryan pitched, what was it? 18 innings or something like that. Straight Right. That's that's what I mean by neurological resiliency to handling stress. Our nervous systems aren't what they used to be. And again, it's not one thing. It was a multitude of stuff that's doing that. And so when we look going back to the then going back to are we coming back full circle? I think it's it's also we're becoming aware of what the problem is. See, because the universe, there's a truth about the universe, there's a truth about truth about nature, and there's also a truth about your body. They're all the same because they're all interconnected. What's below is also what's above is also below. Um, hermetic principles. And so when you look at that, the the thing is this: your the universe, nature, and your body will never, ever, 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 ever make something out of a want. It only makes something out of a need. Ooh, okay. Ooh. So when you look at life or where we are today, look at the mindfulness movement that's going on. You even had Gary V talk about how it's going to be a multi, 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 multi-billion dollar industry. Sure. Right. Maybe it's because Gary V's got money in that and he's trying to, you know, hey, I'm going to throw that out there because I'm following. Who knows? But like, Gary V's a cool guy. But long story short, when you think about that for a second, well, why is I always look at when something comes up, I'm always taking a step back going, OK, why is that here? Why is that popular now? And then I start looking at how life is and the patterns of life. And I go, oh, yeah, this is why this makes perfect sense. Why we need that. Why are men becoming more whole all of a sudden? Man, we need that. It's not a. Oh, it just sounds cool. No, men need to become men again. We need to understand how to go back to principles. Like when I say principles, it's like, hey, when I when I give you my word, that's my word. Sure. That's better than a contract. Sure. I right now, I mean, if you just met somebody and they said, hey, trust me, it's my word. You're going to sit there and go, oh, hell no. I need uh-huh. to see that on paper. For sure. You know, uh, but it's one of those things of like holding your truth, holding your ground, living by a code. That's something that I preach a lot about in just general. Like you got to have codes and codes are just another fancy term for beliefs. You know, what is something that you believe, right? Like for me, I, the universe is always there to support me every step of the way. It is there no matter what. And as long as I just get out of the dang way, everything's always going to work out the way it needs to. I just need to show up. That's the grind and hustle. I just need to show up. I don't need to have to kill myself. I just got to show up every day and be consistent on what I do. Keep the momentum moving forward. Donald Trump said this genius on what he said i love him hate him i really don't care um because i don't care I, I don't know the guy i just know donald trump for what you know who whatever i've been exposed yeah, yeah, yeah. to right you get what i'm saying so but he said something in his book that i thought was so genius he said 
you know, all success is based on momentum. And it's so true when you think about that, because once in any business you have, once you get momentum going, man, oh, yeah. all you have to do is just keep moving that puppy forward. It's like a big stone. It takes a lot of energy to get it moving. But once you get it moving, there's going to come a point where you just tap it. Literally, that's all you have to do. And it keeps going. That's momentum. And you can do that in every aspect of your life. Um, but yeah, I know I got may have got a tough tangent. There. Oh, you're fine, dude. Yeah, you said that way better than what I was trying to say. And that's exactly kind of where I was going, is that because it seems, you know, that you know, you even touched on like, you know, nutrition and the nutrition in this country is and we don't have to go down this thing, but it's just ridiculous. You know, I'm currently reading Sacred Cow by Robert Wolf, and he was talking about how we're in a world today where you, people are dying from too much food rather than too little food. And, you know, and just, you know, I've, you know, and I've noticed it with my, I would, I look at food as fuel and just notice it with my workouts, like how my, you know, I don't have brain fog in the morning. Like what I'm putting in my body makes sense. I mean, yeah, I have cheat days. I'm not saying I, I spoil when I go, I'm not afraid to go get a burger some nights or whatever, but, but it's just like how, you know, people go in and they don't know what, how better they can feel just by, you know, their nutrition, how, you know, their cognitive abilities will just start to grow just by feeding the body what it wants. You know, it's one of those things like, you know, you don't, you wouldn't put sugar in your car's gas tank, you know, you'd actually put it, you know, what it really needs. And, you know, some of these things are just, I just don't, I mean, it kind of, when I look at people like that, you know, I kind of get upset. It's like, what, why are you doing that? You know, and you're, why are you, you're complaining about it now, but you know, there's information out there. If you want to get better, you can get better. And just, I guess it's more going down nutrition now, but you can, you can improve your daily life and just, you don't have to complain all the time just by making these little changes and, and making these positive behavioral pattern loops. And I don't know, just, I don't know why so many people just choose to ignore that. And I think it's just because they get in these negative comfort zones and decide to, nah, well, maybe next week I'll start, whatever, no big deal. We're, we're just a very stressed society, right? You, you, think, you think about it when we, you know, eating, you eat, <clears throat> like I, I used to tell patients all the time, I'd be like, I don't have to teach you nutrition. You already know it. I don't even have to teach you the depth of what I know. You, you already know nutrition, fruits, vegetables, have some good, clean, you know, eat as I always tell them, eat as close as you can to the source and everything. Sure. And it'll change your life. That's simple as that. You could call it a diet, whatever, but the closer you are to source, the, the more beneficial you're going to have for health. But you know, and then and some people go, well, meat's bad for you. Well, well to who have you tested yourself? Well, veganism is better for me. Well, have you tested yourself? See, because nowadays what's cool, and I went through this, my, my training um, uh, has always been, I'm very, I'm an ex, if I had to call myself an expert, it's metabolic health. And, and what ended up, what ended up happening was, is like, you know, sugar levels should be under 87. You know, the, the fat is the prime energy source. Your brain loves it, your heart loves it and everything, right? Well, I've done keto before keto was keto. I've done high fat diets. That's what's been my primary thing. And I've done testing on myself DNA wise, and it's actually not good for me to do that. Ooh. Keto, high fat diets are actually bad for my health. Now, I had some good friends who are very reputable in the metabolic world. I shared that with them. I said, hey, you know, they're, they're colleagues of mine. And I was like, I, I trust your opinion. Look at this. And they go, oh, that's bogus. Don't even trust it. I was like, are you sure? I mean, it's my DNA. It's how my genetics work. And he's like, trust me, it's bogus. All the research I've done. All right, fine. I ignored it. I did a metabi I did a microbiome test. You can do this now where this is now you think about this for a second. And now we're getting on nutrition now. But your your does your I'll ask you a question. Does your does your small intestines and your large intestines do they break down the food and can you know absorb the nutrition? Or is your microbiome in your stomach that breaks down the food? And then your stomach just pulls it. I mean your intestines just pull it in. That was your microbiome. Exactly. Yeah. So why don't we eat what our microbiome wants? 
Well, guess we probably don't know what our microbiome wants. <laughs> Unless you get tested, right? And then you can right. test your metabolic, right? Because like, for example, I, I, my family is Italian to Italian all the way up to back to the late mid 1600s. Nice. So that's where my whole family lines up from. And so when I was doing this research back in 2017, 2018, I was like, well, what if, you know, okay, the DNA told me I can't have a lot of fat. I should minimize that. I should eat more carbs and I should have protein. And I was like, man, carbs, 30, it was 35% carbs. I go, man, 35%. That's like crazy. I, I that's sometimes even my cheat days, I don't even get that high. Yeah. And, uh, so I do the biome, I do the biome test and, and long story short, it says my microbiome wants 50% carbs. I said, there's no way I'm going to eat 50% carbs, but I, I still didn't, I still stuck to my normal traditional training and stuff until I couldn't get my sugar levels under 87 anymore. All of a sudden I was doing my normal fasting protocols, doing everything that I do. And I, I would be at a hundred and I'm like, man, why am I at a hundred? I've been fasting for five days. All I had was water. I should be breaking down into the sixties in the morning. And it was fascinating. And then all of a sudden I said, all right, obviously what I'm doing isn't working. I got to change it up. Now I've been conditioned over all these years by all these health experts that I've had very, I had, I was able to have good connections with. Um, and I said, you know what, let's get back to individual. What do I need? Yeah. Started doing that two weeks later, sugar levels got back to where they were under 87. And I go, I'm eating more carbs. Yeah. I'm having honey. Cause I've been under the weather. That's why I'm a little nasally, but I was I'm like, I'm eating more honey. I have way more fruit than I, I had like a half a watermelon. It wasn't a big one. It was a small one, but I had half a watermelon. There's a lot of sugar in that. And my blood sugar only went up like 20 points and it went down and it's been getting lower and lower. And I'm just going, Holy cow. Again, getting back to what works for you. And that's in every facet of life that I try to teach, not only just nutrition, but also in your business, how to make your money, how to have a relationship, what works for you. Dr. Vic, you're a badass dude, man. I think we uh, should end this on a good note right there. Um, take this one home. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about chiro chiropractor, but uh, we'll do that next time or something. Some Cause I have some questions on that. But uh, anyway, uh, if you want to plug all your stuff real quick before we uh, hop off here. Um, yeah, I no, appreciate that. that. Yeah, man. Um, you can find everything at empoweryourrally.com. That is my website. Um, I do have a book coming out. I don't know when this is going to be aired, but May 31st is when my, my third book, Decoding the Matrix, comes out. You can find that on Amazon, everywhere, online, Kindle, you name it. We'll have an audio version too. Um, if my voice gets cleared up in the next week, I'll have the audio version ready to go. But um, but yeah, I'm out on the socials. Dr. Vic Manzo on Facebook and Instagram. Dr. Manzo at LinkedIn. Uh, Dr. Vic Manzo on TikTok. So get connected. Any questions you have, you can DM me or you know shoot through my email uh, website. Um, and uh, I do respond. I love hearing from people. And uh, so that's pretty much it. Oh, man. Again, thanks for being here, dude. Thanks for the conversation. This was great. So, nah, appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Hey, we're out here, folks. Be good to yourselves. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 